Well, the second race of the Cup Series playoff is in the books, and we have another non-playoff driver getting a huge win with Bubba Wallace getting his second career victory. We're going to break down all the action from that race, as well as the struggles of Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, and Tyler Reddick. We'll also discuss the Truck Series race Friday night, where two drivers were eliminated, and also the Rain Short and Xfinity Series race as they move one step closer to their playoff starting, and we cover it all here on 3 Wide. So kicking off the race weekend, we had the Truck Series Friday night, which was a cutoff race for the Truck Series playoff field, where they go from 10 to 8 drivers in the field. John Hunter Nemechek was able to get his second win of the season, this time from the pole. Behind him in the top 10 was Carson Hosovar in second, Ryan Priest in third, Zane Smith finished in fourth, followed by Grant Enfinger in fifth, Chandler Smith finished in sixth with Corey Heim in seventh. Ty Majeski finished in eighth, Colby Howard ninth, and Christian Eckes rounded out the top ten. And Carson Hosovar in that second place finish, so close to getting that first career win, locking himself into the next round of the playoffs. He tried to stretch his fuel over the final 53 laps to get that first career win. Ultimately, he winds up getting passed by John Hunter on the final lap as they go into turns one and winds up being eliminated in the playoffs by just three points. Hats off to his team for this gamble. So far, this is his third, second-place finish on the season. And during the race, he had been running mid-pack around 15th for most of the race until his crew chief decided to uh, do this fuel gamble. And it was worth a shot to win when that was really looking like your only option. Like I said, he was only running mid-pack, wasn't really getting any stage points. And your best bet is to go for the win and even still – get your best shot to run up front and hope for a solid finish. And maybe Eckes would have fallen back enough or not been able to gain enough ground where you could beat him on points that way. But still heck of a chance for Carson Hosovar to get that first career win. He pretty much said in his interview, he knew even if he uh, was to have a chance at the championship, he needs to win races. So this was another chance for him to do that. They came up a little bit short, but definitely not for lack of trying but hats off to that group for making a, a ultimate gamble and doing what it took to try and get to that next round. And with John Hunter Nemechek's win, now this led to me thinking about what, what is the future of John Hunter Nemechek as far as in NASCAR? There's a lot of uncertainty around Kyle Busch Motorsports and Kyle Busch himself next season as far as what he will do. And, and with that, what happens to John Hunter Nemechek's, you know, He's not necessarily a Toyota driver, as best I can tell. He is a guy that Kyle Busch put under his umbrella with the team. He's not a, a signed to the TRD development deal, as far as I can tell. So that that brings some uncertainty with his future. And looking at the, his options ahead of him, if he was to stick with Toyota, uh, he, he could easily go to Sam Hunt Racing, where he's made some starts this year for him and had good runs with that team. That is definitely an up-and-coming team if they're able to get the right driver. And I think John Hunter Nemechek would fit that role perfectly. Or uh, another thing, another team that I'd seen mentioned on social media and, and through Reddit and, and all sorts of different areas of NASCAR was mentioning college racing in the Xfinity Series. And mainly due to the uncertainty on this time with Landon Castle sponsorship. He's sponsored by Voyager, a, a cryptocurrency, which has been dealing with some issues themselves. They've been able to stay on the car and at least maintain their sponsorship program with Landon. But 
you know, we've seen this 10 car has kind of been the revolving door of college racing. You had Ross Chastain in the 10 nutrient ag car that turned into Jeb Burton last season and now Landon Castle. And does that revolving door swing over to John Hunter Nemechek for next season? So it's going to be interesting to see. We'll talk a little bit more about it here before the end of the show with Kyle Busch. He's got an announcement scheduled for Tuesday for tomorrow. And I don't know how many questions will be answered in that. He's obviously going to be announcing his plans for next season. It'll be interesting to see if he mentions anything about his truck team, what it could look like. I'm, I doubt we'll hear a whole lot of answers just because I'm sure there's a lot of behind the scenes things that are going to have to go down before they can really announce you know, what this team's going to look like in, in 2023. And with the end of this race, as I said, Carson Hosevar, he was eliminated along with Matt Crafton. Both drivers are now out as far as the chance for the championship. And this next run will include races at Bristol this Thursday, then Talladega and Homestead to set the stage for the final four in the truck championship race. Looking at, the standings, you know, you have John Hunter Nemechek, Zane Smith, Chandler Smith, Ty Majeski, Grant Enfinger, Stuart Friesen, Ben Rhodes, and Christian Eckes still in the running for a shot at the championship. My picks for who will be in the Final Four for at Fincom Phoenix, it's really no surprise. I see John Hunter Nemechek moving on, Zane Smith, Ty Majeski, and Chandler Smith all competing for the championship by the time they roll around to to phoenix just you know zane he's been the top driver in the truck series all season i don't haven't seen any signs of that slowing down uh john hunter nemechek he's been solid it seems like he's really picking up some some momentum as of late and chandler smith he's been consistent as well and ty majeski he's just been quietly having a great season he doesn't have any wins yet but he's just been kind of you know hiding silent running strong getting solid finishes and, and really has put himself in a good spot as far as points is concerned. You know, really all three of these races are kind of unknowns. Bristol, short track, you never know what will happen there. Talladega, that's going to be a race just for about survival. And then Homestead, that's where I could see, you know, a driver like John Hunter Nemechek, if he hadn't already done it, punching his ticket to Phoenix. So instead of taking a break, we're going to go straight into talking about the Xfinity series. There wasn't a, a whole lot to discuss from this race. Uh, you had Noah Gregson winning his fifth race in a rain-shortened race at Kansas, and they were able to make it just barely to the end of Stage 2. And the top 10 behind Noah at the end of the Stage 2 was Justin Allgaier in second with Ty Gibbs in third. You had Brandon Jones in fourth and Ross Chastain in fifth. A.J. Allmendinger finished in sixth with Josh Berry in seventh. Sammy Smith, he finished in eighth, followed by Sam Mayer in ninth. And then Brett Moffat, he rounded out the top ten. And like I said, with this rain-shortened race, there's just there wasn't a whole lot to go over. Kudos to NASCAR, though. I will give them a shout-out. After all they've been through in the past few weeks with, with rain delays and rain-shortened races, what have you, I felt like they played this one as perfect as they could. They needed to at least make it to the end of stage two for a complete race, for an official race that so they could call it. And with just a handful of laps to go, there was some some rain in the area. I believe some of it was falling on the track. They threw the caution. And the rain led up enough just to sprinkle where they felt like they could get the drivers back under green, try to get this race finished under green in stage two so it would be official. And ultimately, through the green flag, it was a two-lap shootout. And Noah Gregson, he was able to get ahead of his teammate Allgaier and get the win. 
So props to NASCAR. I feel like they played that as perfect as they could just to make the race official and not have it end under caution, not have them just run caution laps under stage two just to make it official. So props to them for that. And But with that, that gives me room to, to discuss a few things that I hadn't been able to over throughout the season. And one of the topics is Daniel Hemrick and what looks to be a championship hangover type season. He's been inconsistent this season compared to his previous years in Xfinity, just only two top fives compared to nine top tens. And looking at what's left on the schedule, even if he was to get a top five and a top ten in every race left, he would come away from the season with 10 top fives and 17 top tens overall, whereas last year he had 15 top fives and 21 top tens. He that and that's really what got him the championship last year. He didn't win until that final race at Phoenix to you know to decide the championship. He but he was consistent. He had an average finish last year of 10.8. This year his average finish is 16.4. And that's all coming from racing reference. And as well as these in 2021, he finished 31 of 33 races. All of them were on the lead lap. This year he's only ran uh, out of the races so far, he's only ran 19, been at the finish of 19 of these races, 17 of them on the lead lap. So quite a drop-off so far from his championship year last season. And I don't know if you could really put it all on him. Uh, I think back to Dale Jr.'s comments. I can't remember if it was early this year or, or late last year, whenever they had announced that Hemrick would be going to college racing. And I'm paraphrasing here, but he basically made the comment that he could see Hemrick not winning a race and not having the type of season he did with Joe Gibbs simply because Colleg now was going to have two full-time cup cars. And that was where all their, most of their attention was going to be was trying to get that cup program up and running competitive. And it would probably lead to a lack of success on the Xfinity side, which it appears to have. Even AJ Allmendinger has said throughout the season that the speed is just not where it is for them to be competing for race wins and championships. Now it has picked up. AJ has gotten some wins and shown better speed over the last few uh, last month or two. But still, overall, as a team, college just doesn't seem to be where they have been over the past two seasons. But So I wouldn't put all this on Daniel Hemrick. However, it is unfortunate for him just with all the momentum, the high of winning his first career race and the championship all in the same night. It's got to be a little bit of a sting for him there, but you know, we have seen throughout the season in all three series, anything can you know has can turn on a dime. So I wouldn't write off Daniel Hemrick just yet. He proved last year you don't need to write him off. He can just be sneaky and do what he needs to do to to keep moving forward. So while it hadn't been the season he's probably been wanting, and a lot of people have been expecting, don't take your eyes off Daniel Hemrick as we get rolling into these playoffs because you never know a team could flip a switch and. They're, they're going to be knocking out races with better finishes before you even know it. And another driver I wanted to discuss was Brandon Brown. And I want to talk about Brandon because he's kind of had a an offseason. Because of sponsorship issues, he's been out of the 68 car for four races here in the past past couple months. He's raced. He has still raced for other teams. He's done one for Mike Harmon two for B.J. McLeod, and then this past weekend he did a race for our motorsports. And his best finish out of all of those is the 17th place this past weekend at Kansas for our motorsports. So, and looking at the stats between him running races for these other teams and that 68 car when they've had other drivers in it like Austin Dillon and Chris Wright, 
it, it shows just how much chemistry there is with Brandon Brown in that 68 car. I know that's a family owned team, but it, it, it's amazing just how much chemistry can play a role in it. In the past seven races, he's ran three for the 68 car. And in that 68 car, Brandon Brown has been able to get finishes of 13th, a 13th and a fourth in his four races in that stretch with other teams. As I said, Mike Harmon, BJ McLeod, our motorsports, he has finishes of 34th, 32nd, 29th, and 17th this past weekend. Two of those races were DNFs. Now, on the flip side of that, Brandon built motorsports, his his family team. They had Austin Dillon at the Indy Road Course where he finished 26th, and then Chris Wright in the other three races, and he has finishes of 34th, 36th, and 20th. So while this past weekend at Kansas might have been both Brandon and the 68 team's best runs you can tell there's it's just not the same when brandon's in that 68 car and i hope that opens maybe some sponsors eyes to see this guy can can do some special things in that car that other drivers can't and that that is a testament to brandon's talent along with that team side that just builds around them so obviously the team is better with brandon in the car brandon is better in the 68 car and like i said hopefully he he gets some more consistent sponsorship able to run more in that car. I don't know what his schedule looks like for the rest of this season, but hopefully they can start building for a more solid concrete sponsorship deal for 2023. I don't know what the future looks like for that team, but they're one of the, the underdogs of the Xfinity series, a fan favorite. And I, I think the, the Xfinity series is better with a team like that in their series. Anytime you can get kind of a grassroots team, like I feel like, Brandon built motorsports is it's going to be better for the sport as a whole. Now in yesterday's cup race, Bubba Wallace had a huge race. He leads the final 43 laps to get his second victory of his career. And so far again, no playoff drivers have won in the playoffs yet. We're only two races in, but normally this is when you start seeing the playoff guys start rising to the top and they are hard to beat for by anybody outside the playoffs. It's, it's normal. Normally you only see one, maybe two throughout the entire playoffs, you know, spread out, but to start out the playoff schedule and you got two non-playoff drivers getting wins just as a, a testament to how this season has gone, the parody, the next gen car, whatever you want to throw, throw it at. It, it has been an interesting season for sure. But before we get into all that, you did have Denny Hamlin finish in second with Christopher Bell in third. Alex Bowman was able to finish in fourth, followed by Martin Truex Jr. in fifth. William Byron, he finished in sixth with Ross Chastain in seventh. Kyle Larson finished eighth. Ryan Blaney ninth. And Daniel Suarez finished in tenth. And even though a lot of playoff drivers were in that top ten, it was still a struggle race for, for many of them. The none, you know, no driver had a worse day in the playoffs as far as Kevin Harvick goes. He gets into the wall hard coming out of turn four. You had Ross Chastain and Bubba Wallace racing really hard side by side. They kind of go up the track. Kevin has to make an evasive move, and with this new car and the way it jumps out on him, he, he hits the wall hard. That ends his race. He finishes in last place, and he is now 35 points behind the cut line going into Bristol, pretty much in a must-win situation. 
another driver who probably had one of the stronger cars. I would probably put him as a, a top three, top four car yesterday was Tyler Reddick, who hit the wall after getting a flat tire. I believe he was leading, if I remember right. Or it might have been second at worst, but that ended his day. He is now only two points above the cut line. Kyle Busch, he has another rough week, rough playoff race. He spins out coming out of turn four. That causes a flat tire. He finishes 26th, one lap down. He is now two points below the cut line. And these guys are going to be going into Bristol, and these all three of these drivers I just mentioned are very strong, and we'll discuss that here as we get to, to the weekend preview at Bristol. But all three guys got a good chance of, of you know, Reddick and Kyle Busch making up the points that they need to get themselves into the next round. Kevin Harvick, he's solid there. He can easily go in and get a win to, to get himself in the next round. One driver that continues to surprise me, and this is, like I said, only the second playoff race, but he has come out swinging, that is Alex Bowman. He has continued his hot start into the playoffs at Kansas. He led the most laps. He led 107 laps. He won stage two and finished in fourth place. He finished 10th at Darlington last week and is 30 points above the cut line, and he's even ahead of his teammates Chase Elliott and Kyle Larson in the points. The only other Hendrick driver ahead of him is William Byron, who sits second. And both Byron and Bowman really were probably the worst Hendrick cars over the regular season. It's like once Bowman won at Vegas, he kind of fell off the radar. Byron, he stayed around a little bit longer as far as consistency, and he kind of fell off the map. But both these guys have really come out swinging in the playoffs. Very surprising for me. I had Bubba not even making it past the not, – or not Bubba, excuse me, Alex Bowman not even making it past the first round. I, I figured he was, you know, his playoff chances were slim and none to move on to the next round. So big, big start for him. He's going to be looking to continue that hot start going into Bristol next week. But Bubba Wallace, he becomes the 18th different winner in this season. And I don't think we're done having new winners yet. I, I think we see more new winners. Because you, you still have Ryan Blaney and Martin Truex Jr. sitting there without wins. And looking at the, the rest of the schedule, you have Texas coming up where Blaney won the all-star race. He had a strong car. Martin Truex Jr., he's going to be a threat at Martinsville. It is probably one of his better tracks that's still on the schedule. You also have drivers like Chris Buescher, Michael McDowell, and even Eric Almarola that hadn't had a win. And the reason I mentioned those three guys is because you have Talladega on the schedule. And we know how good Eric is and Michael McDowell and Chris Buescher are at these super speedway races. The Roval, Buescher, McDowell, they're going to be the guys to watch there to pull out a, a underdog win. So I think we very well could have 21 to 22 winners by the time this is all said and done, and I think 2022 NASCAR Cup Series season goes down as one of the top seasons in NASCAR history just because we've had so many different winners. There's been no clear-cut, consistent, dominant driver. You could make a case for Chase Elliott, who's been the most consistent, but even then, I mean, it's not like he was rattling them off week by week. He he was just – he just happens to have the most wins, and – he, he has the best stats of any of the drivers, but outside of what we're used to seeing, like the year where Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick were winning eight, nine races apiece, that has not been the story this season. So I love seeing all these different guys getting into victory lane, getting the spotlight on themselves. And I don't know if you could blame it all on the next gen car. I think that even 
the field, but you would think by now when we're coming into these racetracks for the second time, you would start seeing drivers like Chase Elliott, like Kyle Larson, like Joey Logano, you know, really kind of taking control of the points and the, the race itself. But here we are, second trip to Darlington, Eric Jones. He's a first-time winner on the season. Second trip to Kansas, Bubba Wallace is a first-time winner on the season. So that that's definitely a bright outlook for this next-gen car if they're wanting parity to stick around. And hopefully it continues this way. It'll be interesting to see how these teams roll out in 2023. I know I'm getting ahead of myself there, but but as, that's really what I'm looking forward to. I want to see if this continue, how long this continues. Because it's obviously going to end at some point. You're going to start seeing teams kind of get their feet up under them, separating themselves from the rest of the pack. So all I can say is sit back and enjoy it while it's lasting. So now with the playoffs for the Cup Series kind of set aside, we cut, went through all that. Bubba Wallace getting his second career win. He had a, a strong race. He was near the front for most of, of the of the day getting stage points in both stages and he leads 58 laps total second most on the day has a solid pass for the win there on Daniel Suarez and is able to, to maintain a pretty good lead, hold off Denny Hamlin, his team owner for a second career win. And this kind of feels like I'm sure vindication for Bubba for 23, 11 racing, you know, after the win at Talladega last year, the rain shortened win where, some people were saying, you know, NASCAR had gifted one to Bubba. I, I didn't believe that was gifted to Bubba. If if NASCAR wanted to give one to Bubba to, you know, boost ratings or, or bring attention to their sport, it wouldn't have been on a Monday afternoon when everyone's at work in a rain-shortened race. It would have been green flag finish, prime time race. It, it just didn't make any sense. But whether... You like Bubba, dislike Bubba, on the fence about Bubba, whatever your feelings are. He definitely showed why he belongs in the Cup Series yesterday. He, he kind of put it all together. He struggled this year, whether it was mistakes on his own accord or whether it was, you know, mostly his pit crew. He, he kept having issues on pit road. When they made that pit crew change, you started seeing the, the changes in the performance on the track. He was putting together more solid races, having good runs, and it all kind of came full circle here with his win now at Kansas. So it's got to be a, a huge weight lifted off his shoulder at the least. He just got a big contract extension at 2311 Racing. That kind of, you know, solidifies their decision for doing that. So props to Bubba, Booty Barker, his whole team. They ran a great race, kept their nose clean, and, and got the lead when it mattered and, and was able to hold on to it. So it'll be interesting to see, can they – maybe go for two wins this season. You know, Talladega's coming up where they are the defending race winners. He's a solid super speedway racer. It's going to be interesting to see where they go to from where they go to from here on out now that they got this win with, with so many races left on the season. So before we start looking at Bristol this upcoming weekend, let's go ahead and point out our spotlight drivers from all three races over the past weekend. On the Trek Series, my spotlight driver is Carson Hosevar. Even though he, the gamble didn't work, he tried stretching his fuel to the end. It looked like it was going to be a storybook first career win to lock himself into the next round of the playoffs. He loses it on the last lap going into turn one. But even though his championship chances are over, he has, he has had a season you can't hang your head on. Three second-place finishes, seven top fives, 11 top tens, 
He has had a remarkable season with Nice Motorsports and has been the, the best truck out of their whole team and been consistent with it. Just has not been able to get that first win. Now, though, the playoffs, I guess, being out of it kind of takes a little bit of pressure off of it. Go out there, focus on getting that first career win, get that monkey off your back, so that way you can go into 2023. If you are still in the truck series, you go in there knowing, okay, I can win races. We've done it. Now focus on the championship and doing what you can do to, to make that a reality. On the Xfinity side, my spotlight driver is Brett Moffitt. He has not raced since the Indy Road Course where he was with R Motorsports. This past weekend, he made the start in the 07 for Bobby Dodder and finishes in 10th place. Solid top 10 run for Brett. And Brett is not short on talent. He's, he's a good driver. Just sponsorships really kind of been his Achilles heel in racing. And, you know, I'm unsure. I'm not sure if he has any more starts planned for 2022. Who knows? Maybe Bobby Dodder sees how he runs at Kansas and kind of kicks the tires and see what he, what he can do in, you know, a few races before the end of the season, maybe put him in at Homestead and, and see what he, you know, he can do at that mile and a half track. That seems to be a better track for Brett Moffitt. It might be worth putting him in, just see what he could do. You never know what might happen. On the Cup Series side, my spotlight driver is Alex Bowman. I did not have Alex Bowman getting past the first round of the playoffs, as I mentioned when we were talking about the Cup race. Going into the playoffs, he's only had one top 10 in the previous 10 races. Now he has back-to-back top 10s. He has a top five. Look great at Kansas, you know, where I think he probably had the best car, at least in the most first half of the race. And that could really help him if he's able to continue in the playoffs, make it to the next final round, the race, you know, the round before the championship in Phoenix. In that round is the play, a playoff race at Vegas where Alex Bowman won earlier this year. And that could make him kind of a little dark horse threat if he is able to move on after Bristol, survive Talladega, survive the the next round, and get in there. And if he can get him in Vegas, he's solid on mile and a half. Like I said, it, it could be a very interesting final round when they're trying to set up who's going to be the final four for the Cup Series championship in Phoenix. But looking ahead to Bristol, we have races starting Thursday night with the Truck Series. It ends with the Saturday night Cup race. I know I've said it about the Memorial Day race weekend at at Charlotte with the Coke 600 being one of my favorite weekends. This is another one of my favorite weekends. It kind of feels like the the weekend starts early for you. you. You get home from work Thursday, you sit back, and you get to watch some NASCAR racing Friday night. You end your work week truly with Xfinity Racing. And Saturday, sit around, watch college football all day if that's, you know, what you like to do. And get ready to watch, you know, the Cup Series. One of the hottest tickets you can get in the Cup Series is that Bristol night race. So on the Truck Series side, you have Chandler Smith, who is the defending race winner. And this will be the first race of the round of eight. So now it's a question of who gets the win to lock themselves into Phoenix for a shot at the championship. I think Chandler Smith is a pretty safe bet to look at. He's solid at Bristol as well as John Hunter Nemechek. I feel like one of those two KBM trucks will be the first ones to punch their ticket to Phoenix. On the Xfinity side, last year we had that exciting finish with A.J. Allmendinger and Cindric wrecking as they go across the start-finish line, A.J. getting the win. The, the biggest 
question because this is the final regular season race for the Xfinity Series. Can Sheldon Creed catch Ryan Sieg? He was only able to knock out three points of the difference between him and Sieg. There's now a 13-point difference. This is Sheldon's first race at Bristol in the Xfinity car. And Ryan Sieg, he only has an average finish of 20th. So it's going to be very interesting to see if Ryan Sieg can step it up and improve his finishing position in the race with so much on the line. Or can Sheldon Creed go out there and, and surprise a lot of people in his first Xfinity start at Bristol? So a lot already to, you know, to be watching for in the first two races. A lot of storylines, you know, to keep an eye on. And we ain't even got to Saturday night's cup race, the big race of the weekend, where Kyle Larson is the defending race winner. Remember last year's when you had the big, you know, disagreement with Kevin Harvick and Chase Elliott. Now you have Harvick coming into this race in a, a pretty much a must win. He could make it on points if a lot of guys in front of him have issues, but he's coming into this race with the mindset, I have to win. And when you got Kevin Harvick backed into a corner with, you know, where, hey, here's what you got to do to advance, he has shown whether you like it or not, he's willing to do whatever he has to to get that race win and to get into the next round to get him a shot at that championship. He has three wins overall at Bristol, nearly had a fourth last year. You got Kyle Busch, who's two points out of the playoff or below the playoff cut line, excuse me. He has eight wins at Bristol. And those two are going to be the main guys to watch Saturday night throughout the race. You also have below the cut line Chase Briscoe, who finished 13th in last year's race. And he nearly won the dirt cup race earlier this season, making a dive bomb move on Tyler Reddick. He won't be anyone to sleep on either. Right now, Christopher Bell, he is the only driver locked into the next round. You know, and that's pretty surprising. He's, you know, we talk about Bowman having a solid playoffs. Christopher Bell's had a very good one as well. He's he's the only driver right now that can go into Bristol and breathe easy. You have Austin Sendrick, Tyler Reddick above the cut line with two points. Reddick, you know, he's another solid guy at Bristol. Can he get some separation there? Daniel Suarez, he's definitely going to have to step it up and have a solid night to keep his playoff hopes alive. But the interesting thing that I, I find to watch will be the points between fifth place and ninth place. And you have Ryan Blaney with 36 points above the cut line, Alex Bowman in sixth, 30 points above, and seventh, Chase Elliott, 28 points above. Eighth, you have Kyle Larson, 27 points above, and Ross Chastain and Knight, 26 points above. You see those points and you think, well, they're pretty well safe. They're they're they should be fine. And they should, but with the way the first two races have gone for a lot of these drivers, we see one slip up and they're going to be in some, some big trouble. So plenty to watch for this weekend. No reason not to miss one race and what's going to be an exciting race weekend at Bristol, Tennessee. And before we sign off, I just want to give a little update. I know tomorrow, Tuesday, is when Kyle Busch is going to be having his big press conference discussing his 2023 plans. Right now, all signs are pointing to Richard Childress Racing is where he's going to wind up going. I want to hold off on discussing that. I didn't talk about it on this episode simply because I don't have the connections in the garage or any contacts in the sport to, to make heads or tails of it or to know for sure. So to avoid speculation, I'm going to hold off till everything's announced, see what questions are answered tomorrow. My, I'm going to do it on my YouTube video, which will come out at the latest Thursday night this week. 
And by then we'll have more questions answered. We'll know for sure where he's going. We can just simply give a factual video breakdown on what was announced and maybe get it on the speculation side as far as what might happen with his truck team. It, it all depends on what's discussed tomorrow. So keep an eye out for that. Thursday night will be my new video and we will go over all the Kyle Bush news until then. Y'all just kick back and enjoy the, the press conference tomorrow. It's going to be an exciting day in NASCAR news. A lot is going to be going, you know, gone over, dissected. It's going to be an exciting day. This is the, the biggest domino of this year's silly season. It's been all this hype buildup. It's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out tomorrow when it's announced. And that will wrap up this week's episode of Three Wide. As always, thank you for joining me and listening along. I hope everyone has a wonderful rest of their week. Keep an eye out, like I said, for that video Thursday night. I will be sure to put a link in the description of this episode to my YouTube channel. Until then, we will meet back same time next week, go over all the action that went down Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night at Bristol Motor Speedway. <laughs>